On today's episode of the Career Pact podcast, we're going to be talking about how to find your unfair advantage. If you guys have been enjoying the recent episodes, make sure to follow us on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to share this with a friend and also follow us on all socials at the Career Pact podcast. It helps us out a lot. Thank you guys so much. And let's get into today's episode. Hey, hey, what's going on, guys? It's Neil. Welcome back to the Career Pact podcast. On this podcast, we combine creativity and impact in hopes to give more than I can get. And for those of you who are new, welcome. We're doing something pretty cool, a podcast every single day for 365 days straight. Today, we're going to be talking about how do we find our advantage? Better yet, how do we find our unfair advantage? So I got this idea and question from a YouTuber named Ali Abdal who made a video on this, which had some super, I think, insightful conclusions. So I thought I'd share it. It was based off of this book called The Unfair Advantage, written by two entrepreneurs by the name of Ash Ali or Ash Ali and Hassan Kuba. So I just thought I'd share this with you guys. Super insightful, helped me out a ton in seeing this new perspective. So what does that mean? What does our unfair advantage and finding that, what does that mean? I don't know about you guys, but have you guys like ever wondered how do we how do we get ahead in our life? Whatever our circumstances are, how do we get ahead? So we're going to be talking about a couple of those concepts relating to this question because at the end of the day, I firmly think that everyone has an unfair advantage, whether you believe it or not. I have an unfair advantage you have one, your friends do, your parents do, everyone in your circle has an unfair advantage. But where does it start? So it starts off with this idea that life is unfair. Have you guys ever like heard that? I'm sure you guys have heard it. It's like, oh, life isn't fair or everything that happens in life, it happens for a reason. Life isn't fair. And anyone who gets successful, this book is based off of the idea that it's a combination of two things. It's a combination of fair play and a combination of unfair advantages. So what does fair play mean? Fair play is like someone who puts in, you know, hard work, time, effort, energy, the hustle, and has everything in terms of doing the actual things needed to be successful where you can be like, oh, hey, I respect that. Or, hey, fair play. So That's what fair play means. And then the unfair advantages are things that human beings have that are just simply an advantage in comparison to someone else. Simple as that. So a couple examples of that can be like a startup founder, someone who wants to build this incredible company, has built it, but they had rich parents and access to the network of their parents to help them fund the business or get investors or do all of these things to help speed up the process of their startup being successful. Or you can have the example of the doctor. If someone if someone becomes a doctor, they put in nine, ten year or eight to ten years of work in school to become that doctor and long days, hard nights, blood, sweat, tears, and becoming a doctor, fair play. But their unfair advantage would be that what if their parents were doctors and engineers, one or the other? They had 
access to their expertise and access to their knowledge. And they had it in their blood, essentially, that you can become a doctor. And my parents were also doctors as well. So, like, if that person's parents are doctors, it's an unfair advantage to them. So something that's a little bit more practical, let's say if, let's say if someone listen, like if you're someone who's listening and you're a younger person, right? Let's say there's a person who bought a house early in their life before the age of, let's say 25, they worked a lot. They, let's say worked 40, 50 hours a week working at like a regular job, but they saved up all this money and got this house. Fair play to them on that part. Their unfair advantage was they like what if their parents paid for their schooling so they didn't have to pay any of that money that they earned from their work towards their tuition because their parents helped them and because of that they don't have any debt they don't have to make any of any payments towards loans or grant or any of those types of things because their parents paid for it so that is their unfair advantage someone who bought a house early in life they're able to do that because they're able to just save all their money they don't have any big, big responsibilities, and that's okay. So there are so many examples of unfair advantages, and I'll get into the frameworks that this book explains, but just remember, if you're listening, just know that every single person has their own unfair advantage, and I'm sure you guys know people that where it's like, dang, I can't believe they didn't have to do any work for that, or like, dang, this person has this person to take care of like let's say if you have kids right like if you don't have a nanny or if you don't have someone to look after your kids that's a disadvantage to you so you may have to spend more money putting your kids in daycare which in turn allows you to not save for a potential bigger house or a car or things like that whereas maybe one of your friends have they do have that unfair advantage of parents who are retired where they can look after their kids and so on. So the first thing to remember is that finding our advantage isn't just about our strengths. Rather, it's more about our circumstances. And the thing that just gives you a little bit of sauce on the side, that thing that just gives us that little bit of a chip on our shoulder that other people just sometimes won't have. So question being, how do you find that unfair advantage? And in this video that I watched, the book that Ali was referencing, referencing the unfair advantage, they have this framework called the miles framework. So it's M I L E S. And that word, it's an acronym for five specific things. So the first one, M being money, money being an unfair advantage. And the example that they gave in that video was the co-founder of Snapchat, Evan Spiegel, who is a billionaire co-founder. He had two very, very powerful parents who were lawyers. He was in private schools his whole life. And because his parents were successful lawyers and very high status individuals, he had access to their network of tech entrepreneurs and CEOs. Whoever was in his parents' circle, it was a little bit more of an advantage for him to get potential funding or get people interested or hear his idea out because of his parents. That was his unfair advantage. Granted, he spent years building pitch decks and putting time into 
his company and where it will be valuable for people like us who use it on a normal basis. Yes, that's the fair play part. He did put in his work, but that's the unfair advantage is having the access to that money from his parents to help build out the company that is well known as Snapchat now. The next thing is intelligence, intelligence and insight. That's what the I stands for. Not everyone is genius level brilliant, right? Like everyone has their own set of advantages in terms of their intelligence. Let's just take Mark Zuckerberg, for example, the CEO of Facebook. It's a big social platform that everyone, a lot of people use it, billions and billions of people use it across the entire world. Mark Zuckerberg, he was a billionaire by the age of 23. That is not normal. He had a Harvard education. That Harvard education is very, very reputable. And he dropped out of Harvard to pursue Facebook. So how many people do we know have the ability to build a business while being in school at a prestigious school school at that, knowing how to code, knowing how to do all of these things, right? Having that level of intelligence and insight to build such a company and be uber successful at it. So that's a quick example of someone who has this high level of intelligence and insight and whatever it is that they're doing, which has led them to build the thing that they've built, or in Zuckerberg's case, Facebook. You could look at Elon, you could look at Jeff Bezos, you could look at um, you know the CEO of Google, CEO of Apple, all these big name CEOs, intelligence and insight is an unfair advantage. The next one is location and luck. That's what the L stands for. Think about it like this. How many people do we know that move to New York after graduating college or move to Silicon Valley? And any big name one right now that's very popular is Austin, uh, Texas or Dallas, Texas, just all the major cities in Dallas. How many people do we know are moving to these bigger name cities and locations to have the opportunity to be in the right place at the right time and actually do something about it? So let's say after college, you know, you're, you and your friend are looking for a job and your friend, or excuse me, you decide to stay where you are, where you graduated, and your friend decides to go move out to New York and live there for six months, gets a lease out there. You both are, you both graduated with computer science degrees and are looking for positions at a high level company. You both are applying, you both are doing this every single day, five days a week. And you being still at home, right? You don't have the access to the potential opportunities or networking events that maybe your friend has because they're in the heart of New York City. There's always people there. There's always people talking about needing software engineers and developers and web designers, all of that. So just the fact that that person took the chance to move out to New York and be around all those types of people, being in the right place at the right time, their chances of getting that high-level software engineering job goes up compared to the person that just didn't go out there. Same thing with Silicon Valley. How many people do we see in today's world, have a startup idea, they built it in the basement of their mom's house and are like, whoa, this may actually potentially work. Let me move out to Silicon Valley and network with people 
and potentially have an opportunity opportunity to get my product business or service business looked at by these high-level tech CEOs or entrepreneurs or venture capitalists, investors, all that. Your chances just go up based on your location. And in doing that, your luck goes up. And Ali explained this in the video how luck is one that's a little bit of both. And I sort of agree with him because luck can be seen as more of a fair play instead of an unfair advantage because our luck increases the more stuff we put out into the world. The more action we take, the more people that we meet, being around people who are just constantly doing things. And that's very important for, for example, like that location example that I gave, being in that right location and doing more things, taking action, it helps everything. It helps your luck. And your have you ever have you have you guys ever heard of the saying your network is your net worth? I think that's very true. Even me doing this podcast, the amount of people, granted it's not like hundreds, but I've met dozens of pretty cool people that I don't think I would have met if I hadn't started doing this podcast. And the more of the stuff we do, the more luck comes our way, the better opportunities come our way. So it can be seen as a potential fair advantage because it's solely dependent on what you yourself do. The next one is education and expertise and why that can be an unfair advantage. Here's why. Where we went to school and the degree that we got can easily be formulized as an unfair advantage. For example, if you're someone who wants to start like a, let's say, a cooking show on YouTube and you went to culinary school, you would immediately become a little bit more reputable saying you went to school for the things that you've been cooking and the time that you actually put into it, which would become your unfair advantage versus someone who just started a cooking a cooking show on YouTube and they didn't have that background of being in culinary school and taking all those classes and learning how to cook things a certain way. Maybe they won't say that they didn't go to culinary school or that they don't have that experience. The same thing with kids who go to prestigious colleges. I know a good amount of people that go to prestigious colleges. It becomes an unfair advantage when you when someone looks at your resume and one resume shows UC Berkeley or Princeton at the top of the resume for education versus someone else who shows a random state school. So knowing that your education and where you went to school can be used as an unfair advantage, it's more brandable. It's more usable for your own advantage. So the, like if you're applying to the same job that another 10,000 people are applying to, knowing that you have Princeton written in big, bold letters at the top of your resume, you're immediately going to be potentially in the five top five, 10% of all the applicants that are applying just from like basic universities or mid-level universities or state schools, stuff like that. But another thing is also expertise as a part of the E. So it's education and expertise. I think nowadays with 
jobs and careers and everything, people tend to look more into the expertise as the advantage. The skills that you have, the stuff that you've built, all of the potential accolades that you've done for that you have for yourself on the side outside of like school or maybe like jobs or things like that. I think it's super valuable. I've had calls where I've hopped on, I've hopped on with calls with um, interviewers that are that, where I'm trying to interview for a job and they see that I have a website or they see that I have a podcast and that is what they want to talk about. They want to get to know what drove me to do that certain thing. It's not my education or the grades I got or my volunteer work that I did in high school or in college. That matters to an extent, but not as much as the skills that I've built and the things that I'm doing on the side. They care about that more. And I think recruiters tend to lean towards that a little bit more now in today's world and uh, today's world and economy. I have a bunch of friends who are software engineers and they on their like resume, they post links to, I think it's called, um, I, I don't know what it's called, but it's like a place where everyone posts like their code and their work, but they post that. And then the recruiter would take a look at that. And during the interview, they talk about those things and then go into the next round of interview where it's the technical interview where you actually have to code and stuff like that. So people and recruiters care about your expertise and what you have to bring to the table. What have you built? Simple as that. And the last one in this miles framework is status. Not everyone can be and have the status of a Elon Musk or a Jeff Bezos or a LeBron James or a Steph Curry. But the book talks about how status comes from doubling down on our strengths rather than our weaknesses. Over time, it will give you a certain level of status in whatever it is that you're doing. So, for example, don't go and apply to be an accountant after you had a four-year education towards a marketing degree. You know more about marketing than you do accounting. So apply for a marketing job, which is better suited towards your strengths. If you've spent four years learning about it, you know concepts, you know skills revolving around marketing, you would probably be a better fit to apply to a marketing job. It's in relation to your strengths. Now, maybe in your free time, take a course on the side on like a Skillshare or wherever all these like crazy skill acquiring websites that have been brought out nowadays and take a course on the fundamentals of accounting and master it, get good at that. And then maybe it'll be valuable for you to apply to an accounting job after you've done that little bit of work and that little bit of research. So the book explains that status comes from doubling down on our strengths, whatever it is that we're good at, whether it's talking to people or knowing how to write an email or knowing how to be a project manager or knowing how to um, do customer service, like whatever it is, there is always a job that's suited to your strengths and also for business. Like there's, Lots of business personalities and creators now that are like serial entrepreneurs. And yes, their title may be CEO of this company, but at their core, they are very good 
at operating a business and building a business. So even though their title may be CEO and founder, what they're actually good at is maybe growing a business from nothing to 1 million or zero to 2 million. And then just through that process of them doing that, then it goes to the size that it is now, but at their heart, they're good at just the operation and the starting and the speed and the urgency of actually acting and building something from the ground up. The bottom line between that entire miles framework from the money, the intelligence insight, the location, luck, the education expertise, and the status, everyone has a unfair advantage. So if you're listening to this and saying, hey, I don't have any unfair advantages, that's just wrong. Because I'll give you guys two very real examples right now. You know, everyone has that saying, especially when they're in college, where it's like, oh, I'm a broke college student, so I can't afford to like go out and eat or do this thing or do that thing, which is fair. We've all been there. We've all been broke college kids, and I hear you. So that unfair advantage of being broke, having very little money, that may be your unfair advantage. Why? Because having no money when you're in college, it does a couple things for you. It forces you to, in my opinion, one, be smart with your money, right? If you don't have any money, don't buy things that you don't need. It teaches frugality. It teaches the ability to be smart about your decision making. It teaches you to not waste money on experiences that don't bring any value or any sort of fulfillment into your life. All of that. I know people that have literally zero money to their name, but will still go out and party on Friday and Saturday night. For what reason? Like, like, sure, if they don't care about their money, that's fine. By all means, go out and do that. But if, if you actually want to like maximize like your future, right? Like having no money, but then still spending that money on things that aren't really bringing you any like value or whatever. Why would you do that? Another thing that it does that that is that if you're someone who's entrepreneurial and you want to build a business or you want to do creative things, having little money, it forces you to be creative. You don't have the things to just rely on your parents to give you money or rely on investments and millions of dollars of um, free money coming from investors that you can use. Oh, I'm just going to run like ads to grow this because that's what everyone does is just grow ads or run ads. If you're, if you have, if you have little money and if you want to start a business, maybe think of a creative way to actually use that money or maybe find a way where you don't have to use money to start a business. Maybe go door to door and just start selling your service or product. Maybe build off flyers and try to increase your word of mouth around what whatever it is that we're doing. Quick tangent, word of mouth to this day is the number one way to promote a business and get customers. Number one, word of mouth. If you can have word of mouth and build that reputation, it's number one. Granted, that was probably very useless for you guys listening to this because I even today like haven't built a successful business or done this crazy thing. But word of mouth, I've heard a lot of people say that word of mouth is still number one. And these are people who have built incredible businesses. Word of mouth today is still the best marketing strategy. But anyway, getting back on topic, having little money, it gives it gives you a drive it gives you a force behind whatever it is that you're doing because when we just have money 
it's our decision making may tend to be flawed. We may tend to act incorrectly. Acting is important, but you also want to be smart about it at times, right? So having little money is a very, very unfair or it's an unfair advantage if you really look at it. Here's another one, something that I am dealing with right now. And I'm sure if you guys, a lot of you guys listening to this may be dealing it, dealing with it as well. Living alone versus living with your parents, right? So whenever we get to a certain age, I think it's easy for us to want to move out and go live alone. Granted, it has a lot of, um, granted it has, you know, some advantages and some cons, but I think when like living with parents, right? I think it is a very big unfair advantage for your, for the trajectory of your life. And if you have the ability to stay with your parents, like how I do, there's so many ways that you can maximize your time and that opportunity. For example, like when you live with your parents, you just spend time with your family. Like you're not alone. If you were just like fully living alone, you spend time with your family. You, you can see your mom and dad and you can see your grandma or your brothers or cousins or whatever it is. You can see them often. You don't have to worry about laundry or buying groceries and food and paying rent because that's why you live at home. You have the luxury to do that. You know, you have parents who take care of those things just regularly because they've been doing it for your entire life. And you just work on the things that you have to work on, whether it's school, whether it's you get a part-time job, you have a full-time job like how I do. And I get to do this podcast every single day. And the biggest one is that you don't have any expenses. Your expenses are so little. So how can that not be an unfair advantage to you building the life that you want by living with your parents? Living with your parents, it may be looked at as something that's bad or a negative thing and it may be costing your mental health. Well, sure, there's a way for it to still be a advantage, a very big one at that. So those are just a couple examples. Having little money is a big unfair advantage. And I have one more reason why it's not or why it is an unfair advantage, but I want to save that for what I'm about to talk about, for what I'm about to talk about next. So that one, having little money and living alone versus living with your parents. Living with your parents has very, very big unfair advantages for the trajectory of your life. So I want to talk about um, some of my unfair advantages that I feel like I have in my life because I think it's a good refresher for me to keep in mind that I also have an unfair advantage and maybe for you guys as well, because maybe you guys can relate to this, a couple of the things that I'll talk about. I have a couple. The first one that I see as my unfair advantage is that I have nothing to lose. I'm young. I don't have any kids. I don't have a mortgage. I don't have to pay no rent. And I have all the time in the world to dedicate towards my pursuits and whatever it is that I want to build, whether it's this brand, this podcast, whether I want to build a business, I'm more focused on talking to cool people, talking to entrepreneurs, creators, and people who have a cool story. I just, I'm just really fascinated at that. So that's the things that I want to pursue, that I want to put my time towards right now. And I'm able to do that. And then that's the first one. I don't really have much to lose 
other than I guess if I start a business, I could lose some money. Fine. Paper will always come back. The second thing that I feel like is my unfair advantage is the way that I think. I don't see the world the same way others may see it. I think for a lot of people, the world is either like one way or another way, right? And it's very hard for sometimes people to combine those two realities where it's either just like a yes or a no type of thing. So I think not a lot of people in today's world, and you know, this may be a little bit controversial, but I don't think a lot of people think with logic nowadays, right? So I think logic is very important. So, and the way, the vision that I have for the world and what I want to do and what I want to do with this podcast, like all of these things, right? So the way that I think about everything and how, how in depth I go is a very big unfair advantage because not a lot of people have that incessant thinking like capability that I do to an extent where I think it's bad for me sometimes. Like it's, it can get me a little bit like delusional or have too many ideas or too many things to do or too many things I want to do. But I'm working on having that off switch where I could just stop thinking and be fully present. But then I also want to have the switch to like turn it on so that my creative juices start flowing and my ideas start generating. And then the last one, which I know everyone can relate to this, is my upbringing. Every, like everyone doesn't have like the perfect upbringing. Everyone has that like curveball or the thing that through their childhood in like a negative direction right so like whatever things that we went through whatever this all the things that we saw heard i think my upbringing has made me really strong because seeing the things that i've seen and um some of like the struggle that we've went through as a family i think those things are a big advantage for me because i use them as a driving force i use them as a way to stay true to who I am, talk about my truth, be vulnerable. And having those experiences are a very big unfair advantage. So the next time we think about success or our future, we can either dictate things as useless or call ourselves lost because, you know, we don't have certain things figured out or life isn't going the way that we want it to, or that you don't have certain privileges. You could think about it that way, or you could think about it in a way of being grateful for all it is that you have or that we have. Understand our reality and leverage our unfair advantages to go live a fulfilling life. So that's all I have for you guys today quick recap. I want you guys to understand how to find our own advantage. Life is unfair and it's a combination between fair play and unfair advantages. Things that we do that we work hard, put time, effort, and energy into where it's like, hey, fair play, I can respect it. And then the unfair advantages from whether it may be like money, your intelligence or insight, your location um, and luck, your education and your expertise that you bring to the world and the status that you have, which is based off of your strengths. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode on unfair advantages. 
I thought this idea was super cool, and I'll actually link the video down below. So if you guys want to check it out, please, by all means, go do it. It's super interesting. The Gentleman's Agreement. The Gentleman's Agreement, for those of you who are new and are listening to this, the Gentleman's Agreement is an agreement between you, the listener, and me, the podcast host. I give you guys a podcast every single day. That's what I've promised to do, and I'm going to do that for 365 days straight and beyond because we're not stopping there, by the way. If you guys think I'm stopping there, that's not true. I'm going to keep doing it. But yeah, 365 days straight. That's my end of the agreement. For Whatever you guys have to do is just as important. You have to do three little things. Follow this podcast on Spotify or wherever it is that you're listening to your podcasts. Number two, give it a five-star rating. It helps to boost it helps boost this podcast up to where it needs to go and where it will end up one day, hopefully. And last, but certainly not least, share it with a friend. Just share it with someone who may get some sort of value out of this and someone who may need some help in finding their unfair advantage because everyone has one. Thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate you guys very, very much. It has been a humble, incredible, fulfilling journey, and I'm excited to keep on going. I will see you guys tomorrow. And like I always say, take care, tell someone that you love them and go do something nice for someone because they deserve it. I will see you guys tomorrow. Peace.